And good evening, brethren. I want to take this opportunity to welcome everyone to the beginning of a new quarter. As today we look at the subject, we're basically looking at church leadership. So the title of this series is entitled Elders, Deacons, Preachers, and Saints. And tonight we will be diving into an introduction to the leadership roles. So before we get started, would you join me in prayer? Our blessed, our loving Heavenly Father, we're so very thankful that the gift that we were given, the gift of those who will lead your various congregations here on earth. And Father, we thank you that you gave us these gifts, Father, and you gave us the autonomy as well with the understanding that there is one head, and that is our Lord and Savior Christ Jesus. So, Heavenly Father, as we dive into this lesson to get a better understanding of the leadership roles within the church, Father, let us approach this with an open heart and a willing mind, Father, and looking for uh, places where we can all serve, looking at places where we're currently serving, Father, but we uh, can strive to do better, to improve upon what we're doing already by, first of all, coming to you in prayer, Father, and hearing what it is you say to us. So, Father, thank you for being with us tonight. Thank you for guiding us through this lesson as well. These things we pray and thank you for in Christ Jesus' most holy name. Amen. So church growth is tied to leadership. And in his introductory lesson, the various biblical roles of leadership are identified and compared to one another. We'll be going over to um, Matthew chapter 10 in a moment. So in order for a congregation to reach its full potential, each congregation of the Lord's church needs to cultivate and have good leadership. And it's fair to say this right here. No group or organization, be it business, be it military, and even the church itself, can rise above its own leadership. Christ Jesus says to us at uh, Matthew chapter 10 and verse 24, he says this, A disciple is not above his master. It is enough for the disciple that he become like his teacher and the slave like his master. On the subject of, of leadership here, Jesus is saying two things. He's saying two things. He's speaking in context and he's speaking in principle. In context, he is referring to himself as the teacher, he's referring to himself as the master, and he is the one that we are to strive to be like. In principle, he is saying that in the church, we are not in competition with our leaders, but rather we are striving to be like them. And in this way, the growth and quality of each congregation can be measured by the growth and quality of its leaders. And this is why, and this is why, church growth is tied to leadership. For you see, when leaders grow, the church grows. If we want the church to grow, we must first help the leaders to grow. And seeing leaders pursuing growth is one of the factors that stimulates growth among the followers as well. Now, most of us want the church to grow. 
We wanted to grow for three reasons. Number one, so that we can honor God. Number two, so that we can confess Christ Jesus. And number three, so that we can build up the kingdom of God by saving souls or winning souls. We'll be going to uh, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 10 in a moment. This series about elders, deacons, preachers, and saints will describe the work and responsibilities for each of these roles in the Lord's body. And hopefully, hopefully this will help those already serving to become more fruitful in our service and motivate others to strive to new levels of commitment and leadership in the church. At Ephesians chapter 4, verse 10, the Bible reads, He who descended is himself also he who ascended far above all the heavens, so that he might fill all things. And he gave some as apostles, and some as prophets, and some as evangelists, and some as teachers. Why did he do this? For the equipping of the saints for the work of service, to the building up of the body of Christ. This passage mentions every specific role in the church except that of deacons. Verse 10, when we look back there, it refers to the divinity and therefore the authority of Christ Jesus in that he descends from heaven to earth, incarnation. He ascends to heaven after his death and resurrection. What he did to fulfill all is contained in verse 11. Looking at verse 11 again. He gave, meaning he set in place, referring back to verse 8, he gave gifts. So Jesus sets in place or gives to the church a certain gifts. And what are those gifts? The gifts are the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. These gifts Christ Jesus gives or sets in place in the church along with the grace to carry out their ministries. I want you to note something. Note that not everyone in the church has these ministries, just some. Also, each has a different ministry according to the grace given to him by the Lord, but all serve one purpose, which goes to verse 12. They all serve for the purpose of equipping the saints with the skills that will enable them to build up the body of Christ, to build up the church. So so with that said, let us explore some of the roles that are mentioned here. And let's start with that of apostles. Apostles, messengers, one who is sent like an ambassador. These were the original witnesses of the baptism, the the ministry, the death, the burial, the resurrection, and ascension of Christ Jesus as we read about them in, in Acts chapter 1 verse 22. Their original ministry was this. It was to testify to the resurrection of Jesus and confirm their witness with signs and miracles as we read in Acts 3 verses 14 and 15. Prophets. They foretell future events. They speak God's word. Their original ministry, of course, was to serve as living Bibles in the early church. We read about this in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verses 3 through 5. 
with the completion and the distribution of the apostles' witness and teaching preserved in written form, these two ministries were replaced by the Bible itself, the inspired word of God. It is not that these two roles cease to exist. They merely exist in a new form. That is the written, inspired word of God. I'll take you to Jude 3 on that. Preacher or evangelist. These words mean to proclaim. The preacher's role is to announce or make public, as the word suggests, God's word. Another task of the preacher is to establish and organize the church, as we read in Titus 1 and verse 5. This is the natural outgrowth that follows the proclamation of the word. And it sort of works like this. The word produces the church, and by the word, the church is sustained. Now, you think about that as we become Christians, right, and when we become Christians. We studied the word of God to realize we were lost, and we became Christians. We continue to study the word of God to maintain our walk of faith, And we continue to study that word of God as we grow into maturity until we die. It sustains us. It produces and sustains us. So this ministry continues today. Only the methods have changed. Because you see today, (laughs) you look like up there and all this stuff here. Today we have modern communication systems, right? So we have modern communication systems and a change in social and, and cultural habits. And, and if we see the word proclaimed then in, in new and different ways. However, we must think about this right here. In all of this technology, even in the modern age, the church needs to be set according to the New Testament pattern. And that is the work of the preacher. That is the work of the preacher. Pastors and teachers. Now, understand this. These are not two separate categories, but but only one. Pastor and elder and bishop are all terms describing the same person. And the person does this work by teaching. I want to take you to Acts chapter 20. We're going to be reading verses 17 and 28. Acts chapter 20, verses 17 through 28. The Bible reads, From Belitus, he sent to Ephesus and called to him the elders of the church. The question is, why did he call them? Okay. And this is what he told them at verse 28. Be on guard for yourselves and for all the flock, among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers, to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. So you see then, pastor and shepherd refer to a manner of work. Bishop and overseer refer to responsibility. Elder and older refer to maturity. You could say that pastors are elders who oversee the church or that elders are overseers who pastor the church. This ministry saw people providing wise and experienced leadership to the church through accurate teaching and holy living. Now keep this in mind. You can be a teacher without being an elder. Okay? You can be a teacher without being an elder. But you cannot be an elder without being a teacher. 
This role also exists today and is exercised within the context of our modern age. However, no social or technological change nullifies the need for wise and holy leadership. Again, I take you back to Acts 20 at verse 28. Be on guard for yourselves and for all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God which he purchased with his blood. Now the role of deacon it is not mentioned here, but it can be found in other places, such as 1 Timothy chapter 3, verses 8 through 13. The word deacon means servant or slave, and was used in connection with Jesus. Um, if you go to Romans chapter 8, of chapter 15 at verse 8, Romans chapter 15 and verse 8, we will see how this word is used, serving is used in connection with Christ Jesus. Romans 15 and verse 8, the Bible says, For I tell you that Christ became a servant to the circumcised to show God's truthfulness in order to confirm the promises given to the patriarchs. And if you go over to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, I'm sorry, 1 Corinthians chapter 3 at verse 5, you see how this word is used in connection with the apostles. First uh, Corinthians chapter three at verse five, the Bible reads, "What then is Apollos? What is Paul? Servants through whom you believed, as the Lord assigned to each." So we see here how this term servant or slave is used in the Bible here with reference to to us. So it's also used. Uh, regarding certain people in the church who rendered a special service to the body, such as benevolence, maintenance, etc. This role also exists in today's church. We will examine these roles in more depth uh, in the lessons to come. Uh, we'll be going to Matt, uh, Mark chapter 10, verse 42 in a moment. So here's the question to all of you, to all of us. What is the difference between elders, deacons, preachers, and regular members? And I use the term regular member here for a reason. Because all of us are saints, okay? All of us are saints. So what I'm doing here is, is, is separating them out, elders, deacons, preachers, and the other members, the regular members, those who are not serving in a capacity of elder, deacon, or preacher. So this question comes up. Always when we discuss these matters, what is the difference between elders, deacons, preachers, and regular members? First of all, we need to note that the difference is not power. The difference is not power. In Mark chapter 10, starting in verse 42, the Bible reads, Calling them to himself, Jesus said to them, You know that those who are recognized as rulers of the Gentiles, lorded over them, and their great men exercise authority over them. But it is not this way among you. But whoever wishes to become great among you shall be your servant. And whoever wishes to be first among you shall be slave of all. For even the Son of Man, that is Christ Jesus, did not come to be served, but to serve 
and to give his life a ransom for many. Many churches follow the organizational charts of of human organizations. And in doing so, they assign power to, to various levels of church hierarchy. The New Testament church is a body. And check this out. The hand is not more important than the foot. That is something that's been echoed here quite a bit. There is no one here more important than someone else. There is no one here less important than someone else. We are all equally important because we are all children of God and we all are working for the same purpose and that is to bring honor to God, to confess Christ Jesus as our Lord and Savior and to bring souls to Christ Jesus. So then each member has a place to serve. And all are directed by the head, and the head is Christ Jesus. Ephesians 4, verses 10 through 13, says that God gave certain people gifts and roles to fill in order to help the body serve itself and grow until it reaches a maturity level equal to the head, equal to Christ Jesus. There is a difference. There is a difference in these roles. If it were not so, the Holy Spirit would not have specified a variety of roles within the church. All would be saints, period, and no distinction would have been drawn. But that is not what the Holy Spirit did. So there are differences that we can determine. The first difference One difference has to do with responsibility. Oops. One difference has to do with responsibility. The different roles, again, do not represent power. They represent levels of responsibility. We are all called to serve, but some have the task of mobilizing organizing and directing that service as well as serving in a special capacity. In Acts chapter 6 at verse 3, what we find is this. The apostles had the church select certain qualified men who would be put in charge of the task of serving the poor, or rather feeding the poor. These deacons were given special responsibility. Now keep this in mind. All are called to share their faith in the normal course of our lives. But some have the the unique task of proclaiming the gospel as the central point of our lives. Now some will say, and they're rightly so, some will say that we are all evangelists. And that is true. It's true in the sense that others see Christ and hear Christ in all we say and do. It is also true that some abandon their careers in medicine and business and factories, etc., and give themselves entirely to the work of proclaiming and spreading the gospel. All Christians must be evangelists. All Christians must be evangelists. But only some Christians become evangelists. The same is true for pastors and teachers. We must all teach and encourage one another and all are responsible to learn the word. 
First Thessalonians 5, at verse 11, the Bible reads, Therefore encourage one another and build up one another, just as you are also doing. But to the older, more experienced, and more enlightened Christian men goes the responsibility of leadership. And this is done not by power, but by teaching. It's done by example. And so, we see that the difference between the various roles in the church is the degree of responsibility attached to each. And that deacons direct tasks, evangelists spread the gospel and organize, and elders direct and nurture the body. All important, but different roles in responsibility. The second difference is one of aptitude. Different people have different gifts from God, or you might say a combination of gifts. I want to take you to Romans chapter 12. Oops. I want to take you to Romans chapter 12, starting at verse 4. Romans chapter 12, starting at verse 4. The Bible reads, For just as we have many members in one body, and all the members do not have the same function, so we, who are many, are one body in Christ, and individually members of one another. Since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, each of us is to exercise them accordingly. If prophecy, according to the proportion of his gift. If service, in his serving. Or he who teaches, in his teaching. Or he who exhorts, or another word, that's a uh, fancy word for saying encourage. Or he who encourages in his encouragements. He who gives with liberality. He who leads with diligence. He who shows mercy with cheerfulness. This passage demonstrates that the different roles are marked by different gifts that are given to each. One who has no ability to teach cannot lead because this is the task of leadership. One who is poor does not have the means to sustain the church financially, although he can be generous in his own way, but not liberal. One who has no organization or organizational or administrative ability will not be responsible for the bookkeeping. Although he may be well suited for some other ministry. When we look in Timothy and Titus, there are passages that describe the qualities possessed by pastors, possessed by evangelists, possessed by deacons. I think these are guides to really help direct us in our roles, but also help us discover our gifts. Timothy and Titus also provide much information concerning the evangelist and his role. And we will be studying these in in future lessons. So again, I say to you, Everyone is a saint. Everyone is a member. Everyone is a servant.
but certain ones have particular gifts that give them a particular responsibility within the body. The third difference is that elders, evangelists, and deacons are appointed to their tasks. For instance, when we look in Acts 6, we see that the special servants were chosen for their task based on their qualifications. It was not just a group of people volunteering to do something. In Acts 13, uh, verse 3, and 1 Timothy 4, verse 14, we see that evangelists were separated and commended to their tasks. At Acts 14, and verse 23, as well as Titus 1, and verse 5, we see that elders were chosen. The method depended on the circumstances. What we find is this. And we're always looking for elders and deacons and servants here. We're always looking. We got a sheet out there for uh, the congregation to use to nominate individuals to serve in those various roles. But people are not elected to the position of elder, deacon, or preacher based on popularity. Not at all. They do not just volunteer, for instance, to be elders or even to be deacons. These people are chosen from among the brethren to be responsible for certain tasks of evangelism, service, or leadership. Why? Because of clearly demonstrated qualifications. So it's fair to say this. If there is no appointing, there can be no anointing. Our church... Oops. Got ahead of myself there almost. Okay. Our church, our church cannot grow unless we have good leadership. And we cannot have good leadership unless we have biblical leadership. In the next few lessons, we will explore biblical leadership as it is exercised in the roles of elders, deacons, and preachers. And in the process, we will be outlining the work the qualifications, and how the three must work together. How the three must work together. We spend time in meetings with with the preacher. We spend time in meetings with the deacons. There's a reason for that. We want to have a a cohesive group here working together for the forward biblical direction of this congregation. And it's not going to happen by... You, you be in your section, I be in mine, and that person be in theirs. We got to work together. We got to work together. We have to have the same consistent message coming from all of us. We will also discuss in future lessons the, the special role of the wives of these men and women in the church in general and spend some time describing the response of the church as well as our role as saints in the body of Christ. In the end, in the end, my hope is that, and I'm going to speak for Anchorage Church of Christ now, is that your leaders here, your elders, will be renewed, okay, and have a clearer vision of our responsibility. 
and also that these lessons will plant the desire to lead in the hearts of many in our congregation here on the Bar Road who need to take on more responsibility and have not yet stepped forward. So next week, we are going to venture into church leadership. We're going to venture into church leadership. This is going to be hard. Jerry, do you mind if I ask you a question? You've, okay, you've served as an elder before, right? What did you find most rewarding about it? Yes. Russ, I'm coming to you next for deacon. <laughs> if you don't mind. Well, I'd say the association with the members, getting to know the members. Uh, trying to uh trying to come up with uh with with all the other elders ways that we can grow it. Okay, thank you. Russ, you're serving as a deacon. What do you find most rewarding? Thank you. Thank you. Oh, the, where is Tony? I don't... What's that? He's teaching? Oh, preaching. Okay, teaching. Okay. So, Jaylee, you're active. What do you find most rewarding serving as an elder?
Okay, thank you. And and I'll, I'll close with this one um, from the preacher perspective. Um, and I can only speak in terms of how I served as a preacher. It's, no, it's nowhere near like, uh, Tony, like Tony's serving here because of the congregation size and the leadership that's in place and all of that good stuff. That That's really good. I mean, a preacher that can go into a situation like that is really blessed because they do have that and they can concentrate more on on, on on the other work of the church as a preacher. But the time I served as a preacher, I looked at myself as triage. I went into a congregation where people were leaving, not wanting anything to do with that particular congregation. And my job, as I saw it, was to stop the bleeding. To stop the bleeding, to stop the bleeding in the sense of people leaving, but also do some healing. And I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that to the point for seven years, I made a trip down to the peninsula and back every week. But I enjoyed that because the bleeding did stop. People did start to come back. We started to grow. So when the the full-time preacher came in that can be there uh, seven days a week, then he had a firmer foundation to work with because he didn't have to deal with all of that. He could just deal with continuing to, to feed and to build and to organize. And that, too, can be enjoyable. Now, we, we all, the four people that spoke, all talked about how they enjoy it, but it's like everything else, it's not always fun, <laughs> okay? It's not always fun, but it's enjoyable, but it's enjoyable. So then, for those who joined us online tonight, we thank you for being here. We're not done yet. We're not done yet. But if you want to contact us, that information is on the screen there. You have any questions about what is taught or what was taught or what is being taught, by all means, give us a call. Drop us a line. uh, uh, Send us an email. Uh, We are more than willing to talk to you and answer your questions. In a moment, we're going to be having a devotional probably in about five or ten minutes. So uh, please, if you can stay, please stay. Please stay because the people who are bringing those devotionals for us, they are putting a lot of work into that. And they're not taking that work lightly. And so um, so it's always something to be gained from hearing God's word uh, proclaimed to us. So thank you for joining me tonight. And I look forward to seeing you next week uh, when we dig into uh, church leadership.